1: No matter who you are, things in your life probably aren't going as expected, whatever that means. But the things you are doing right now, no matter what they are, that's your life. It's not a plan B. I'm your host Madeline Mortensen, and you're listening to This Is Not A Backup Plan. Hi friends, happy summer, happy summer solstice. Well, I'm happy that it's officially summer, I have to say I'm always a little disappointed that days start getting shorter after the summer solstice. I want like a week of days that are all the same length before they start getting shorter again. As someone who lives somewhere with really, really long winter nights, I feel like the consolation prize is summer, and I always find it a little bit stressful when we pass the solstice and the days start getting shorter again. I recognize this does not happen all at once, but I do get just a little bit nervous when we're starting to head back down the slope into the direction of dark winter night, even though it is July and that's not going to happen for quite a few more months. In addition to officially being summer, it's also primary election season in Utah. Mail-in ballots need to be mailed in by Monday. Election day is on Tuesday, but ballots need to be postmarked on Monday. You can still drop them off on Tuesday. You can also vote in person on Tuesday. So if you haven't registered to vote or you're unaffiliated and want to affiliate so that you can vote in the Republican primary, there's still time to do that. And I would just say... This is a really important election to make sure that you're turning in your ballot for or registering and participating in. We have the option to vote for a new senator and in a red state where the Republican is most likely going to win in the fall. It's really important that your voice is being heard at this time. Our current senator is Mike Lee, who is not a candidate I support. I think that he has some problematic stances and policies. And so I am voting for Becky Edwards, who is a candidate I am very excited to support. She has a proven track record of legislative service. She served in the Utah House for 10 years. She's a compassionate conservative who's focused on things like improving air quality and improving affordable housing and improving paid family leave. And she just supports a lot of issues that I think would improve life for everyone in our state. So this is my encouragement to make sure you turn in your ballot, to vote for Becky Edwards if you feel inclined, and to really make sure that your voice is heard this election. So speaking of politics, my guest this week is First Lady Abby Cox. Abby's husband Spencer was elected to be the governor of Utah in 2020. I'm so excited for you to hear more about not only her initiative, but also some of the ways Abby has been involved in policy and in using her voice to make a difference in her community. I just want to say before we get started in this episode, at one point we talk about periods and I refer to girls. People of all genders can experience menstruation, and so I just want to say that that language should have been more inclusive and that the benefits of having access to free period products are an issue that stretches beyond girls, beyond women. It's something that so many people need. So without any further ado, here is my conversation with First Lady Abby Cox. Good morning, Abby. Before we get started in our conversation, will you take a minute to just introduce yourself?
0: Yeah, I'm Abby Cox. I'm the First Lady of Utah. been doing this for about a year and a half now. grew up in rural Utah, have four children, and we're just loving life.
1: One of the cool things you do as First Lady is your show up initiative. Will you take a minute to talk about some of the different aspects of that and what show up is?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Show up is all about showing up for each other in the state as humans. We want to show up with empathy, with compassion, with kindness, with connection. We just wanted to take our better angels of our nature and really showcase what Utahns are and what they can be. And the ways we do this is that we have four focus areas in our show-up initiative. The first one is foster care. We want to show up for the most vulnerable children in our state, and that's our foster children. And we want to promote the foster families and the work they're doing. We're working with incredible partner organizations as well as our Department of Human Services at the state level, and we are working to make sure that every child has a home and that every family has the support that they need. The second focus area is around educators and educator wellness and our students learning emotional intelligence skills and making sure our teachers have what they need for their wellness and their mental health to be able to stay in their jobs and to thrive and to be the best that they can be for our students and then to teach them those emotional intelligence skills as well. The third focus area is unified sports. It's a program of the Special Olympics where kids with and without disabilities play on teams together. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And we started with about 30 schools participating in it. And by this fall, we'll have over 180 schools participating in Unified Sports Programs. It's the most beautiful, soul-filling experience you'll ever have is to witness children playing together in this environment. It's creating whole school inclusion environments. It's making every child feel a sense of love and belonging in their school and with their peers. So it's beautiful. And then the fourth focus area is service. We want to bring our communities back together after a terrible pandemic. We're still in it. We're still coming and going, but we need to reconnect as humans. And the best way we can do that is creating that sense of community and service is the perfect way to really dive in and see each other as humans, to really connect with empathy, to build up our communities instead of tearing each other down. So that's another way that we're creating empathy and connection through the Show Up initiative.
1: I'm really excited because today our interview is going to talk about service, which is something that because of your experience with Show Up and all the cool initiatives you're working on that you have a lot of experience with, something that I think is really cool about Show Up is that it, in my mind... I feel like the things you're doing fall into two categories. There are the initiatives that are working on things that are always issues every day. Every day, foster children in our state need support. Every day, children who are disabled and children of all abilities need support in our school system. Teachers always need support. And also, though, there are opportunities for service that arise because of current events and current challenges. And so today we're going to talk about both of those things because they're both really important elements of service. Something that I've seen that's really cool with Show Up is the Response to some of the current crises we've had in our world with our Afghan refugees that are coming to Utah and then also our friends in Ukraine, the issues that they're facing. And so the first thing I wanted to talk about is when there are current challenges in the world that your heart fills that pole that you feel like I need to do something I can't just watch. What are ways you have found to respond to those?
0: Yeah, that's a great example of different events that have happened, the Afghan refugees and the Ukrainian refugees that we are seeing now because of that conflict. I think like anybody else, my husband and I thought, what can we do? And when you're contemplating these things because you're watching things unfold and you're seeing the unfairness of people that are having to face such a difficult experience, it's really a moment for us to reflect in our own spheres, what can we do? I think each of us throughout the state have done that. And what's amazing about Utah is we don't just sit there and say, oh, that's too bad. Utahns want to do. They don't want to just have a heart full of sadness. They want to do something about it. And what we saw is we put out a little call for our Ukrainian refugees. We thought, wouldn't it be cool if when we're sending some of these supplies or the money or whatever is going to help our friends in Ukraine, we put out a little letter and we said, what if we could just send a little note with some of these supplies? from our children in the state of Utah to the children that are fleeing the conflict. We knew they were coming through these these checkpoints and we thought, what if when they got a blanket or some food, what if they had a little note from a child to, to them from Utah that said, we love you, we are sorry you're going through this, we want the best for you and we're praying for you and those kinds of things. And look, it's not gonna, it's not gonna change the world. It's not gonna change their circumstances. But if we could just connect as humans, I think that's really powerful. And so we put out the call and we thought we'd get a few hundred letters from a few kids. We got about 25,000 from kids all over Utah. But kids all over the country, we had letters from New York. We had letters from Alaska, from New Mexico. We had letters from all over the country sent to us. And then we were able to get those letters over to the people. We even had videos and pictures of people receiving these kids, holding up these little cards and letters. A lot of our kids figured out how to write in Ukrainian and wrote messages in the language of the people that were receiving them. And it was just a really... A moment for me to realize the generosity of people. Sometimes we see divisions in our country. We see conflict and contempt, but what we don't often highlight is the good. And that's what we saw through this experience with these letters.
1: I really love that. And I love that the letters came with the practical things like the money, the supplies that we're supporting. And I think that's just maybe a hallmark of good service is service that meets a practical need, but with that extra love that treats someone as an individual.
0: Yes, exactly. I love that concept. Do this service, do something meaningful that actually matters and do it with heart.
1: Do you have recommendations for when people are seeing something happening like the Ukrainian crisis or like the Afghan refugees? And that one, although it started far away, that one came right to our state. And then there are things that happen and originate right in our state. So when people are watching current events, whether they're international or whether they're local and feeling the pull to help in a moment, do you have recommendations of where they should start looking if they want to do something meaningful with love?
0: Yeah, I do. What our experience with the Afghan refugees and now with this Ukraine refugees and the situation that's happening there, my advice is first of all, don't not do something because you don't know what to do. So find out first. Sometimes we get a little paralyzed and think, oh, it's too big. I can't get involved. I don't know what to do. So don't feel paralyzed by the not knowing what to do, first of all. And then, second of all, really research good organizations. What we found out, first of all, when the Afghan refugees were coming, they, we already had in the state, which was phenomenal. We had organizations that have been here for many years that just needed to ramp up because there was, in the last several years, we have not had the refugees coming into our state and our country that we had before that. And so our organizations had really a a little bit ramped down their services and things like that because they just weren't getting the number of folks that we had gotten before. And so it took a while for them just a little bit to, to really revamp, but they are here and they're doing things already. So that would be my first thing is really look for the organizations and really vet organizations that are doing the work because they know what to do. For example, the the problem is sometimes we want so much to do things and our hearts are huge and Utahns have the biggest hearts, but sometimes in our zeal to help, we're actually doing things that aren't that helpful. We asked for donations and money to send to Ukraine and bless people's hearts. It's so good. And I don't want to discourage people from giving and really listening to that better angel of your nature to to really get involved. But there were a lot of things like we asked for new clothing and certain clothing, and we got all (laughs) kinds of things that we really couldn't use and we really couldn't send there. But again, people's hearts are in the right place. But really, I would say... Look for organizations that are doing the work and ask them what they need. This sounds like not great when your heart really wants to do something meaningful, but most of the time money is what they need. As we found out in the Ukrainian situation, it was really tough to get supplies there. And it was really tough to get people on the ground that could distribute those supplies. And just the logistics of it was crazy. And so if you send money, the money we can give it to organizations in the places where the tough situation is. That builds up the economy there. And you don't have to worry about the logistics of sending supplies and that kind of thing. So I would say, and we have a ton of organizations that are collecting money for Ukraine, and that's really a great thing to do right now. On the refugee side of people coming here, as far as like the Afghanistan thing, and we will be getting more Ukrainian refugees shortly, I believe. What we can do is really look at those organizations, find out exactly what they need, and it's either money or specific supplies, specific things they need. We have a, an organization that we work really closely with, Serve Refugees, or the Utah Refugee Connection. And they will often put out calls we need car seats, or we need formula, or we need these specific things. And that's what I would watch for. If you really want to give things and you really want to serve in specific ways, I would look for organizations that are doing that and then plug into them. That's is probably the best way to do it
1: that's really helpful advice. We live in a world where if you're worried about a problem, there's a really good chance you're not the first person worried. And so (laughs) figuring out who is doing that work and who understands that work is the best way to make sure that your impact is positive and not inadvertently creating stress for other people that are trying to help as well. That's perfectly said. Exactly. So I want to switch to some of the longer-term efforts that you're working on. Something that I know you talk about on First Lady and Friends and that you talk about with the Show Up Initiative is Pamela Atkinson's advice to avoid fits of charity. And there are so many long-term things that need to happen. And even with refugees, they're going to need long-term support. But the foster kids in our state need long-term support. So many people in our state need long-term support. So what's your advice when people are looking for something that they can maybe integrate regularly or when they're wanting? to look for projects that are really providing that long-term assistance to people?
0: That's It's such a great question. Number one, I would say just look at your own situation and just figure out where service fits. Someone like me, this is what I'm doing right now and in my life. And I haven't always been in this position and I won't be after you know a while. And so really it's like, where am I at in my life and my family right now? And what Can I do in this moment? And I think that's a a good way to assess it. And then I got into foster care because I have some dear family and friends who were fostering and I saw what the need was. And so that really spoke to me. I also have a background in special education. So of course, helping children with disabilities and helping people feel included is another really big passion of mine. And so find your passions, find your family's passions and how that fits in. And then find the organization that that works. There's a really good website and organization called Just Serve. And on their website, there are just like little ways to serve. There are huge projects. And it's you can put in your area where you live. And it will give you a list of projects or just ways to serve. I just did this. I had someone reach out to me and say, I would love a service project. We're doing a youth group. We're down in bluff in southern utah i got on just serve and i typed in bluff and there was three or four ideas of things that could be done in bluff at this moment and so i don't think it has to be huge it can be as little as hey once a month for our family night we are gonna go clean up a neighbor's yard or we're gonna bring a dinner to a foster family or we're going to mow the lawn of someone that can't get out and do that It can be so simple. It doesn't have to be a big, yeah, I'm taking a refugee family in, or it doesn't have to be some huge thing. It can just be daily acts of service or weekly acts of service or monthly acts of service within your own families, within your own neighborhoods. And I think it's just, you have to look at your situation and figure out how to do it, but do it. Make sure that don't get overwhelmed by thinking, I can't do a huge project. I don't want to organize a huge project. I don't have the bandwidth for that. Don't do that. Just look for little acts of service that you can do and perpetuate this beautiful idea of service throughout our lives that Utahns have been known for. Thank you. I love that.
1: Another guest that you had on your podcast that I really enjoyed was Kristen Andrus with the Utah Period Project. And something that I really loved about her story is that this was a service effort to help supply girls in Utah with menstruation products and helping with the food bank. And so there were period drives. It's also an effort that led to policy that's going to ensure that all schools in Utah have access to free period products for those girls. You've mentioned this isn't a secret. We live in a device's time. I hear a lot of people say they don't like politics. However, I think most of us like the idea of serving our community. And I'm just curious if you have any other examples or ways you've maybe seen like people's good-hearted service efforts be able to like match with policy to help establish some patterns of la- lasting change.
0: Yeah, I think that's, you mentioned Kristen Andres and that, the group, the period project. I think that's a perfect example of what happens when you see a need. They went in, it was a, they were talking about the, talking to the food bank. The food bank says, yes, we love all these food drives, but what we really need are period products. We have girls who can't go to school because they are on their period and they can't, they don't have the supplies that they need. And for certain cultures, it's really hard to talk about. And so it really is one of those things that there was a need that we saw. And as women, we're looking around, of course, that's going on. Of course, if people are food insecure, they don't have the products that they need for their periods as well. And it just made sense. And what they did was they not only put together a drive and fundraising and tried to get this, they also went to legislators And I think that's a really underutilized and people just don't know that this is something they can do. If you see a problem, I'm telling you, when my husband was in the legislature, he said it made all the difference in the world if I had a constituent. They're passing hundreds and hundreds of pieces of legislation each session as much as we want them to. It's such a short time. It's only 45 days and they don't have time to research every single piece of legislation. But if you have a constituent that comes in and says, this is important to me, let me tell you why. Then all of a sudden you will start to see some changes. And we've seen that in education. There's been a lot of issues around education and people are really passionate about. And so they they talk to their legislator. And sometimes we get really frustrated about things that are happening that we don't like. And that's another thing that if you just sometimes you think I'm just a small voice and then you realize you're talking to people and you're like, no, everyone that I know feels this way. I'm going to talk to my legislator. The problem is sometimes those really loud negative voices drown out a majority of maybe us that are a little bit softer voices on something that we're really passionate about. There's one other example. I was asked to come and speak on a bill that was being passed to get rid of the current surrogacy law. And I had been a surrogate myself and had utilized that process through that law and I was nervous and I was really scared because I just, it was the first time I'd ever done anything like that. And we actually, I testified and the bill didn't make it out of committee. It didn't pass. And so sometimes just using your voice, even if it's timid for something that you're really passionate about, it matters. And so it's really important that we do that.
1: I just really love that like service and good policy, they're not necessarily separate. They sometimes we utilize them at separate times, but they can work together. And just like you were saying, using your voice to talk to your lawmaker, to share a testimony and committee is equally as important as using your voice to help serve the refugee organizations in our state, to help serve the foster kids in our state. Like these are things that work together. So my podcast is really aimed at women in their mid-20s, specifically single women in their mid-20s. We have an issue, I think, in our state with imagining broad futures for women. And so I see lots of my friends struggling as they're trying to find their identities and trying to feel like they belong and to know what they're doing. And that's why it's called This Is Not A Backup Plan, because no matter what your life is, it's very intentional. And one thing that I think can be difficult in your 20s is like, feeling a part of a community. It's very different than when you were a child and all these shifts and changes are happening, whether you're married or single or going to school, whatever your path is. And I was wondering if you could share maybe some ways that service might help people feel rooted and maybe feel invested in a place. If you have any examples of how that has maybe done it for you or examples of how you think people might be able to use service as a tool to do those things.
0: Yeah. I think you actually probably answered the, uh, your own question is that sometimes we are in places in our life that feel stuck. Or I mean, I in my mid-20s, I had a couple of kids. <laughs> I remember people would ask me to, oh, can you come do this youth group? Or can you do this in PTA? And I, I said, I just really can't right now. It's just not Where I am, but feeling the sense of community in whatever place you are in life is not only important, it's critical. I think what we're seeing in this world of social media and contempt, what we're seeing is people are looking so hard for a sense of community that they find it in really negative places. For instance, If you're feeling like I want, I want to feel so, so much a part of something that I join a Facebook group that is highly political because it feels like that's where my tribe is, but they're tearing the other side down. And, but the sense of community is so much more important to me because as humans, we have to have connection. So I think what you're saying is so powerful. And it's a powerful message that we need to have our younger generations buy into that social media and tribalism within groups that are destructive and tearing people down is extremely dangerous for our communities and for our country. What we need is people like you that are saying, Hey, I'm creating a service group and I'm inviting you because now we have a sense of community that is positive. We're doing something to build instead of tear down. It, I think creating groups of young 20-somethings that are wanting to serve all together, because you are, you do, you want to serve. And I, I've met so many of our young people that are, this is their way of life and that's what they want to do. How great is it if we can create a community of servers if we create a community where we not only find empathy and connection and building each other up, but we're building up our communities, what we're seeing in the world now is the tearing down of institutions. And what that does is it dissolves that that sense of purpose. And we all need, there there was a, a therapist that, that told us there are three things that every human needs. They need a sense of purpose. They need a sense of identity and they need a sense of community. And we're all longing for that. And what is if we're not finding that in positive places like service organizations and religious organizations and these kinds of things, we're then finding them in really dangerous places, that that really political tribalism that's tearing people down. And I think if we had a whole organization of 20-somethings that are just saying, no, we're not doing that, we're actually building our communities through service. I think that would be extremely powerful.
1: Those are the questions I had for you. Is there anything that you've thought of that you wanted to share You that you haven't had an opportunity to?
0: I would just say this, your life is not a backup plan. I love the title of this. I think being intentional about serving and connecting and building instead of the opposite. I think we are going to have a generation of leaders and community partners that that will take utah into the future in the most the best and the most positive way.
1: Awesome. So one bonus question for you because I am a big reader and I know you're a big reader, what are you reading right now?
0: Okay, so what I'm reading right now, I have to think. So I usually have one on Audible and one on my nightstand and right now I I had a recommendation to me to read Endurance. It's the story of, and I should have read it before now, but it's the story of Ernest Shackleton and his Antarctic epic journey that, you know, and so I am reading that right now. And then I just finished for the third time, maybe Jane Eyre. And I have to say, I tried to read Jane Eyre as a teenager and I was like, eh, and it just wasn't, like it wasn't speaking to me. And then I read it as a young adult and I was like, wow, that's powerful. And then I just reread it again as a mom of young adults and talking about 20 something women. Okay. Read Jane again. If you've read it once, if you haven't read it now, there is a, there's a place in there where she says, and if you know the story, she, he's, she's, Being pulled in a different direction and she, but it doesn't matter because she doesn't have any friends or family. And so she should, it's, nobody will care if she does things maybe that go against her principles or who she is. And then she has this moment where she says, no, I care about me, even if nobody else does. And she talks about you, like living the principles that she knows are who she is at the core of who she is, no matter what. No matter who cares or who sees her, even if she's alone, I think that's the most powerful lesson that any, especially women could learn that you are stick to your principles, know who you are, and don't let anybody move you to tell you anything different than you are amazing and you are powerful and you have a voice that matters. So read Jane Eyre again. It's one of my all-time favorites.
1: Oh, that's so fun. I read that in high school too. And I don't remember a lot. I need to reread it, but I do remember the part you're talking about, and that's a really good part. Thank you so much for your time, Abby. This has been wonderful. Thank
0: you so much, Manny.
1: I am so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you listened. If you're enjoying this, please rate, please leave a review. It really helps on Apple Podcasts. It helps on Spotify. It helps me grow that audience so that I can continue to have fun guests and so that more people can enjoy this content. You can find me on social media. I'm on Twitter at Madeline K. You can find this podcast on Instagram at Not A Backup Plan. You can support this work on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. And you can find Abby Cox on social media at Abby Palmer Cox. And you can also find Show Up on social media as well. It's Show Up Utah. Thank you so much for your time. I'm so excited for you to keep listening. And remember, this is your life. It's not a plan B.